Hello and welcome to these, this episode of the Monarch Ministries podcast. It's been a minute, um, but uh, I wanted to start a new kind of series um, where I'm going to have a bunch of our staff members on from Monarch Ministries, and I'm going to ask them what their favorite Bible stories are. And so, you know, a lot of times we, we hear the famous Bible stories, um, Jonah and the whale, um, Jesus feeding the 5,000, Jericho falling, uh, things like that, and, and, and we remember them as, you know, stories from our youth, things we saw on, on Veggie Tales or on Flannel Graphs. And, you know, it's good that we were taught those things as kids, but oftentimes we overlook the importance of those stories because we remember them as kids' stories. And so I thought it would be a good um, exercise to take those stories that we've heard as kids and apply them to our lives today and talk about why they're still relevant to us today. And by doing that, we're going to... Um, show the legitimacy of scripture and talk about how, you know, as scripture says, it is always profitable to us for um, doctrine, reproof, and instruction in righteousness. <clears throat> and so today I have Peter with me. Peter's been um, one of the, the main staff members on Monarch Ministries for quite a while now. Um, he's a great guy, and I'm excited to hear him uh, talk about his favorite Bible story. Peter, we want to introduce yourself. Hello, everyone. Uh Hi, I'm Peter. I'm a, a staff member here at Monarch Ministries, to recap what Kenan said. And He's on staff. Yeah. Uh, I help with the social media, so if any of these promotional stuff you get about this podcast is me. So feel free to like, share, follow, you know, the usual. Uh, but anyway, getting started into our story, uh, we were looking at the story of uh, David and Goliath. David and uh, Goliath. This one, Samuel uh, 17. For Samuel 17, yeah. Um, one of my favorite, I, I think if I had to, to pick a favorite Bible story, um, you know, that we that we heard from our youth, I think I'd, I'd probably pick this one too. Um, maybe not, but I have to think about it. It's definitely in the, in the top of the list uh, area. But, you know, we, we read it when we were children. Um, we saw it on the flannel graph. We saw it on, on Veggie Tales. That was, that was a doozy of a Veggie Tales web episode that's one of the ones that i that i look back and see these days and it feels like a fever dream <laughs> but um you know you look at the story of david and goliath and we're actually going through the book of of second samuel in um monarch ministries right now um and and a little while ago we we did first samuel and we read through the story of david and goliath and there's a lot of um factors that that really stand out when when it's studied as an adult when it's studied in scripture um, and and the themes of the story are, are, are so strong and so um, Peter what are what are some themes that stand out to you in the story of David and Goliath I know when looking at the story I feel like first even before discussing like the different themes I feel like it's important to look at that like the different lens of which like we'll look at it because I believe you can look at it through two different lenses like David and Goliath being like David being Jesus and Goliath being like the devil and him overcoming as well as David being us the sinner and overcoming like earthly temptation mm -hmm. but within both of the different views and like lenses you look at them I feel like it, it it really speaks strongly to like overcoming not only temptation and danger and strife but overcoming literally anything with the power of Christ on your side even goes on uh, to say that 
in this story, he's a shepherd. He fights off lions and bears before to defend his flock. So if God enabled him to do that, and God will enable him to f defeat the Goliath. So basically looking at this, it's it's not only like little strong shrimpy dude defeats strong buff man, but it's more like using the power of God to defeat anything in your life is possible through the power of Christ. Yeah, absolutely. And you brought up something really cool there, you know, talking about how um, God had, had David go through the trial of the lion and the bear first. And so when we apply this to, to our own lives um, in, a, in a modern lens, in a modern setting, um, <clears throat> it's important for us to realize, you know, at the beginning of the story, David fought a lion and a bear to protect his, his sheep. Um, in, in our own lives, when, when God sets us up for something, when God has us, um, has a plan for us and he wants us to complete something, he's, he's not going to throw us in cold. He's not going to throw us into something that we're not prepared for. Um, God sent David the lion and the bear so that David could prepare for Goliath. God will send us things to prepare us for the trials that we're facing in the future. And when David killed Goliath, um, he, he won a victory for, for God's people and the influence of God over the the um, region um, and the influence of God in the world um, grew and and people saw the power of God through what David did because David was prepared for the trial that God had set up for him so when we find ourselves in difficult situations um, that God has put us in you know it's it's more than likely a situation where he's preparing us for something um, that will advance his kingdom later on down the line using us as his tool as should be What are some uh, what are some other things that that you think are interesting and are, are let me ask you this why is David and Goliath your favorite? I just like this one because not only is it like very like very culturally significant, but looking into it like it has a lot of I guess symbols like at its core you're basically putting all your trust into God and me personally I feel like sometimes it's kind of like or to put all your trust in something because what if it fails or what if it breaks but that's mm -hmm. the whole thing that's what breaks, sets christianity apart from anything else you'll see in the world because you could put all your trust in something and it will not fail so that unending unfailingness is something that very resonates with me a lot also it's the one uh my family would talk about the most uh, when we do like our family bible time uh -huh. so that too uh, but yeah was it your favorite when you were a kid too uh, I, I'd have to say so, yeah. Gotcha. You know, it's it's interesting to look at how we viewed these things as kids um, versus now we're a little bit older. Um, I wish I was still a kid. I just turned 21. I want to go back to, like, seven. Seven was we're old men, Kenton. What was that? We're old men. We're old men. I don't know if 21 is old men yet, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know. At seven, I didn't have to uh, pay bills. So um, at seven, I saw, you know, having to clean my room as a trial from God. <laughs> that was the great hardship in life. But um, <clears throat> yeah, so these stories really stick with us as children because of the fantastical nature of, of how we see these things. And we we look at society today and this is going to kind of be a theme that i that i want to touch on as we go with different choir members and different um staff members on 
on Monarch where, where we talk about these these great stories, Jesus feeding 5,000 people, Jonah being eaten by a whale, um, David killing Goliath, Joshua bringing down the walls of Jericho, parting of the Red Sea, things like that, that all seem super fantastical and difficult um, and impossible. And we read them as kids and we're like, yeah, of course that happened. Of course God flooded the whole world in, in, in 40 days and 40 nights. Why wouldn't he? But as adults, we um, notice that you know, people, when, when we talk about these stories, receive them much more critically than they did back then. Um, and especially these days with the pronouncement of, of, of science and, and the importance of, of, of science and um, <clears throat> you know, just the, the goal to disprove God. How would you go about um, addressing the story of David Goliath and making it applicable to, a, uh, to our generation um, today? I feel like the best way to make it applicable for our generation is just to look at, I guess, the culture nowadays. Because uh, what is it? Like, culture, uh, the education system, government. Like, a lot of people, like, they'll look down on you almost as, like, Christians because now, as we see in culture and society, like, science has become the new religion. Mm -hmm. So a lot of society kind of wants to, like, look down on Christians in a Goliath sort of manner. Uh, and it, it could be very, like, stark and, sh like, troubling at times just to, like, deal with that behemoth of, like, a thing to deal with because it's ingrained in every part of our society to some extent. But in David and Goliath, does Goliath win or does David? David. So to look at it from that, amen. Uh, <laughs> so to look at it from that, uh, David, he does overcome with the power of Christ. So to put your faith in Christ, you will be able to overcome. That's a good that's a good comparison, especially for this story in that with that question is, you know <clears throat> and it's a really tricky one for us today because as American Christians, um, the fact is that we're not physically persecuted a whole lot. It's we're just not. But ideologically, um, we are so put down, not only by the secular culture, but also by and we've talked about it extensively, um, on the podcast podcast with with Ben on the last episode and then the other Ben on the earlier episode um, but we've we've talked about how how dangerous and how despicable progressive Christianity is um, and and it's something that's really watering down Christianity and and making Christianity um, have less of a impact on on the culture as a whole I've seen you know these these progressive Christian ministers and pastors saying <coughs> You know, I, I believe in God, but it's not my duty to, quote unquote, shove Christianity down people's throats. And that's always something that's really bothered me because, you know, we're, we're we're not called to force people to be Christian, right? Um, God gave us free will and, and we're supposed to exercise that free will and allow other people to exercise that free will. But when I go out and, and knock on doors or when I put out a podcast or when I say that if you are not saved by the grace of God, you are going to hell, that's not shoving Christianity down your throat. That's evangelizing. That's teaching people the word of God. Um, and that's doing what our duty is. But these people would have you believe that by evangelizing, by teaching other people of Christianity, we're, we're infringing on their, their right to, I don't know, not hear scripture. And so <clears throat> um, a lot of Christian ideals, a lot of um, biblical morality, um, biblical history, 
um, science as written by scripture is, is so mocked and laughed at in society. And yet, as time goes on, we only continue to prove scripture right. And then an in-depth study of history will show us that all these things happened, yet it's so mocked by, by the collective um, in our culture that, you know, although we're not physically persecuted, um, it's so much harder uh, in our society, in our culture today, to spread the word of God than it was when, you know, in, in modern um, first world cultures, Christians were being persecuted and, and, and killed. Because um, when, when that was the case, you know, people had, um, <clears throat> people had a way to, they, you know, the, the, these martyrs had such a great witness because they were so willing um, to, to trust God. And, and, and so willing to believe in what he said that they would go until the end of their lives and they would sacrifice themselves so as not to renounce God. And that witness was so powerful. But, you know, it's it's almost a worse situation nowadays because they've killed that ability of us to to spread that witness um, in our culture. And instead of, of um, you know, persecuting us and repressing us, um, they've, they've silenced us and they've turned us into a mockery. Um, you know, if, if you believe in biblical creation, you're a, a loony. Um, if you believe in the flood, you're a loony and so on and so forth. And so, um, these, these Bible stories are, are, are super important because not only are they things that we learned as kids, but they're things that, um, when we look at them, um, in scripture, we know that, hey, Jonah was swallowed by a whale. Hey, this kid, David, um, really did sling a, a, a rock at this giant man and and killed him and then cut off his head um and in doing so he saved israel from this attack of the philistines um these are true stories with with thematic applications to our own lives but also they're things that really happened <clears throat> and so going off yeah, yeah go ahead oh no i was just gonna go off that and like you're talking about like the culture uh, at the same time it's kind of tricky for some people out there that like wish to say they're caught in the middle of this. Mm -hmm. You look at both sides of the aisle and they're both like, what are they doing? They're both like preaching like acceptance. We're both preaching love, the words themselves, but the actual application and practice of which are completely different. When you look at society and culture, they'll say love and acceptance as no matter what you do will take you in no matter what. Whereas like in the church, like we'll love you and we'll, tell you harsh words not because we hate you but because we want to love you and we want to see you grow but right. at its core it both says love that's where it could kind of get tricky for some people that are just caught in the middle and say i don't know what to do so i just decide neither it, exactly um you know people have and 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 even some you know conservative christians do a a terrible job of this um of of being accepting but <clears throat> you know just it, it's a little bit of a tangent from our our, our theme here but it's so important to be accepting of uh, of different people as as Christians. Um, you know, it's it's again one of those overused things these days um, that that people twist. But but Jesus spent his time with 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 sinners. Jesus spent time witnessing the sinners. What he didn't do was sin with them. What he didn't do was tell them that their sin was okay. No, he told them um, the the gospel. Uh, a great example is is the woman at the well. Um, and, and when Jesus was done dealing with the woman at the well, uh, she turned around and started telling people about Jesus. Same with Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a publican. Um, Zacchaeus was a tax collector. Zacchaeus was a thief. Um, and, and no one liked Zacchaeus. But by the time Jesus was done introducing himself to, to Zacchaeus, 
Zacchaeus was a totally different man, and he he willingly gave up um, his riches, and he willingly repaid people, um, and he he you know he was a loving man afterwards. Um, but the the way acceptance is taught nowadays in some of these modern churches is uh, you're um, you know one of these LGBT people. Well, we're going to accept you into the church, and we're going to put up the pride flag in our church. Um, to show you that we're accepting of you. And so these people will, will say, hey, Jesus spent time with sinners, and then they'll use that as an occasion to sin themselves. But that's not what Jesus did. Jesus um, spent time with sinners, and his influence changed the sinners um, into people who trusted and believed in God. Whereas in the modern church, we see a lot of people coming in as sinners and changing the church into a more sinful place. And and the goal line keeps shifting to, to what's allowed and what's not allowed. Even in you know, we're, we're, we're seeing very few bastions um, of, of true faith left in the country because people in these churches want to be more modern um, and, and, and more relevant. And because of that, um, they keep shifting their, their standards to be more and more um, progressive and more and more sinful, quite frankly. And so the size of Goliath keeps growing against the size of, of our David, especially in this country. But, <clears throat> you know, at the end, we know the story. Um, David throws the, 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 the rock and, and, and eventually Christ is going to come back and these false churches and these false teachers are going to have their, their just reward for, for what they've done and, and those of us who, who believe in God and those of us who trust God and those of us who believe scripture will, will see the victory. Um, but until that time, how do, we, how do we go about, you know, what's our, what's our sling? How do we go about combating um, this, this influx of um, wrongdoing and, and, and false acceptance in the church? I feel like we have to both like focus on the Bible and just like keep on trying to live out its world, but we're in the world, but also hold hope. Like it it does seem like we're in dire straits right now and like not a good situation, but this has happened throughout like eternity. Ever since Christ died, there's always been waxing and waning with faith. And you even look at say I believe it was early seventeen hundreds, uh when the, the the new country, the new colonies, if you were, were like yeah. sinful and wicked, and then uh, there became a new revelation, a new like movement of faith throughout the nation, and thousands of people were saved in one go. It's it's always I don't believe society has gone to like such a terrible place it is now because of what it is. I just feel like it's more popularized and more I guess. I guess broadcast throughout the world with the advent of the internet and social media and whatnot. It's always been like this, but it's just never been so in your face because look at it. Like it used to be in society and you could try to separate yourself from the world by simply just shutting the door. And now with social media, uh, what is it? We children nowadays, people nowadays feel more lonely, they feel more stressed, more anxious with all these things. So it's constantly the world you can't, it's hard to avoid it. So it does lead to more of a, a negative effect on Christians. But I believe that we're going to see a slingshot effect into the other direction in another decade or so, because that's how it's always been. It's always been secular. I forget the name of the book, but I'm reading a book now, and it shows that it's always been like giant circles, and it's always wax and waned. And the last time we had a more real movement of faith without the country was Billy Graham's crusade. And that was going back to the 60s to like the 90s. And now we're in a recession period and we'll come back 
So I feel like just to like read the Bible and have hope that it will get better while preaching the word is the best thing we could do right now. Diligence is super important. That actually reminds me, um, and and this is totally a little bit off topic, but it reminds me of a comedian. Um, you know, you're talking about how, how technology really advances the these these ideas um, and, and puts them more in our face. So there's a comedian, he did a bit. He was like, you know, back when I was growing up, if you as a grown man wanted to go in your, your basement and dress up like a baby and wear a diaper, you did that in the privacy of your own home. Now people are on internet forums uh, getting groups of guys together to dress up like babies together. I don't remember what the the whole bit was, and I'm sure he was funnier than I am, but it, it it's, it's a good point. Um, a lot of people with, with these um, <clears throat> more depraved sins that we're seeing today these these more and more you know we're seeing a lot more pedophilia today we're seeing a lot more sexual immorality today um we're seeing just more um brazen disregard for for standards today um than we have and a lot of that is because of the internet and the culture um that we live in that allows for more um media and entertainment and things like that <clears throat> um and, and and more and more things are being allowed to be shown on on television and movies and things like that but you know, it, it emboldens people and, and people are influenced by what they see. And so I think there are definitely more cases of, 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 of evil um, in this world than there were back then. Um, and, and, and like the example I gave with a comedian, you know, if, if you wanted to dress up like a baby back then, you did it in the privacy of your own home. Now, if you want to dress up like a baby, you can go on the internet and find a group of people to do it with and you're going to grow that group because that's what you're interested in. And so people are, are becoming more and more... Um, interested in 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 sin um because you know as we know sin is is a great pleasure for a season but once that season passes um sin what is finished brings forth death and so these people <clears throat> um start off because they you know they're excited they're curious about the sin they want to know hey what is this wrong how's it going to make me feel um especially with the the sexual immorality and then they they get into it and it just totally destroys their brains again like you said we see so much more depression these days we see so much more anxiety and so much more mental illness um especially in the youth th these days and so they get into that and then we we understand you know that 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 misery loves company and we get these 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 cultish um representations of of progressivism today and you know i i really do hope that you're correct um, that, that we're going to see a slingshot effect, but we're only going to see that if um, we as diligent followers of Christ allow him to establish the works of our hands and allow him to, to work through us to create a better country. We live in a, in a horrible sin-ridden place, but it's up to us to overcome that thing, and we can only do it by trusting in God. Um, and, and that's what David did, you know, bring it back to, to David and Goliath. That's the situation we're in. Um, we have a great enemy against us that's threatening the existence of, well, not the existence of, but the, the spreading of God's kingdom. Um, we have a ruling class that wants to suppress us. That's, that's convinced the, the masses that our message of, um, true love, uh, and devotion to Christ is, is, is evil and wrong. Um, that's convinced us that, that our God is evil. Um, and needs to be <clears throat> repressed, and and that's what we're up against. Um, and and true Christianity um, is is very much on the decline. You know, there's there's so many Christian denominations, um, but we still see, you know, it, if if we take a magnifying glass to that, how many of those people actually trust God? Um, how many of those people believe Scripture for for what it says? How many of those people? 
um, trust God versus how many of those people, you know, are are doing it um, in in a works-based manner. How many of those people are, are universalists and believe in, in more progressive Christianity? Or how many of those people um, are these these strong legalists who are gatekeeping Christianity from from the masses? And so we need um, a, a great push of evangelism. And I think you know if what we're doing with modern ministries, um, if if we can utilize the tools of of modern society and and reach out to this generation and show them, you know, there's we, we, we've seen a hunger in this generation for um, more traditional um, worship, for more traditional uh, conservatism, for more traditional means of, of, of living because um, a lot of this generation has noticed, a lot of this generation, young men especially, have noticed that the world that we live in is not something that we want to, to grow up in, it's not something that we want to raise our children in. And as this generation gets older and older, we see more and more the push against traditionalism, the more and more the push against um, standards and and the right way of living, and you know eventually um, there has to be a point where where we as a generation say, hey, there has to be a right answer somewhere. And when those people come looking for the right answer, it's up to us as Christians to show them um, in Scripture what that right answer is. I completely agree. At the same time, I feel like we need to, I guess, not only work on the culture, but also work on ourselves. Because if you see like a lot of people in our generation, as well as just in society, they live their lives where uh, it's almost like self-gratifying those like out of the church and not really in like true relationship with Christ, where they, they seek self, uh, self-fulfillment, self-pleasure, and everything has to go to plan. But once one thing goes wrong, everything falls apart. So we're not just saying this because we believe that Christ is the right path, we believe we're right, everyone else is wrong. We're saying this because we believe like there's more to life than just doing self-gratification. And then once everything falls apart, everything is just, everything's just for rot and there's no like saving it and it's only about yourself but we believe that if you focus on like christ or outward you'll live a more fulfilling life as well as you'll live a more peaceful life yeah um i lost my train of thought hold on what was i gonna say i hate it when this happens i had so what i'm trying to say is just like we have to like grow and we have to be stronger like in david and goliath david was a strong character and had he had faith in god so if we go out and we have faith in God and we want to like fight back against everyone who's trying to, I guess, push out us, us down, our society down, our family down, then we'll be able to like truly live. That's, that's what I was going to say. All right. So, so God, um, Christ in the book of, of John tells us that by following him, we have the promise of, of a more abundant life, right? Um, <clears throat> that life does not come out of our circumstances but it comes from our outlook on life because of what God is able to do through us. And so as Christians, if we have a good relationship with God, our happiness does not come from, you know, the house that we have or um, if we have, you know, the new video game um, or if we have enough to eat. It comes from knowing that we have a relationship with Christ and that we're satisfied through what he's done for us. Um, and we see that played out so well in the lives of the apostles. Um, you know, Paul was brutally beaten, um, stoned, uh, in shipwrecks, um, beaten some more, exiled, kidnapped, captured, um, beheaded, 
Um, several of the apostles were, were crucified. John was dumped in hot oil and then exiled. Um, all of these people lived horrible lives if you look at their circumstances, but if you look at their outlook and if you look at what they wrote, they were truly happy people because they had a relationship with Christ. Um, and then David, you look at David, we're, we're in Second uh, Samuel now. Um, and, and, and David's the king, and we're, we're reading the, the lead-up to his war with Absalom. He's about to go to war with his own son, but he has a relationship with God. And even though his circumstances are difficult and rough, um, if you read the book of Psalms, you know that he, he loved praising the Lord. He loved um, living a life of worship and devotion to God, and he enjoyed his life because God gives us a life more abundant in spite of our circumstances. And then he uses our circumstances as a better witness to those around us um, to grow his influence around. And so that's a, that's a great point, Peter. Um, there's one more thing, one more theme in the story of David and Goliath that I really wanted to, to touch on. Um, and, and I think it's, it's probably the most um, <clears throat> relevant to, to living a good life individually um, when, when looking at David and Goliath. And you touched on it earlier when you said that, that one of the great themes of the story is, is if we look at David as ourselves and then Goliath as the sin, um, and, and we see that God gives us the power to overcome our sin. God gives us the power to overcome our temptations. Um, and God gives us the power to, to serve him right. Well, Give me give me a quick recap of of their fight. What uh what happened between David and Goliath, Peter? They met in the field. He had the sling. And then go go from there. I'm just pulling it up now. So so David. Um, was was insulted by Goliath, and Goliath said, "Ha, you're you're sending a little kid. What 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 insult is this? You're sending uh, you know, sticks after me." And David says, "You know, how dare you insult um, God?" And he throws the sling at him, and he hits him in the head with the rock, and Goliath falls mm-hmm. over. And then what does he do? Takes his sword and cuts his head off. Right? Yeah. And so sorry, I'm just pulling. Out. No, you're good. Um. And so if, if we look at David as ourselves, um, influenced by God and given the power to, to take over um, our, our own sin, to conquer our own sin, um, how important is it to, to cut off the head of the giant, right? Um, <clears throat> and to prevent ourselves from, from allowing that sin to, to stand up again. And, and this is the hard part. Um, because as I said earlier, sin is, is comfortable and pleasurable for, for a season. And so when we look back at that, we look back at this, this pleasure and we say, hey, you know, I don't want to lose that. But God's telling us uh, through this story, when, when we overcome sin, we have to cut off the head. We have to remove the ability um, for that to rise up again in our lives um, and, and, and take it out. Um, and so I was wondering, do you have any good ideas or methods on how to um, you know, cut off the head of the giant um, when it comes to our own personal lives. Uh, just to make a comment about that, I completely agree. And not only is this story, uh, this concept found in this story, but it's found throughout the Bible. Like, I feel like a more simplification of that is in uh, Matthew 5.30. Uh, if your right hand offends thee, cut it off. Uh, with that being said, I'm not advocating for you cutting off your hands, but I am <laughs> advocating for you to... to uh, basically surround yourselves with people 
that want to see the best for you, the actual best for you. Like we were talking about it last night uh, in the Bible devotional here at Monarch Ministries, how it's very important. Uh, not only does your sin impact other people, but other people and who you surround yourselves with, like impacts your not only your sinful nature to an extent, but also like your devotion and love and thoughts towards Christ. So I feel like one of the best ways is find a community, a church, a youth group, join Monarch Ministries that has, that's Christ-centered, that wants to love Christ, and in turn helps you grow. Mm-hmm. Not only as a person, but helps you grow to ward off sin, grow as a person, and work towards the goals that God is leading you towards. Because we all have different things and aspects we want to work towards, but if we're doing that in lockstep with the love of Christ and doing everything to the glory of Christ, then we cannot fail. Absolutely. Uh, I think one of the most important things, and you know this, um, but for a Christian to have is good Christian friends. Um, there's there's no replacement for um, the, the the gift that God has given us in, in other Christians and other believers. Um, I would not be able to do what I do without the, the friendship of, of you, Peter, and the other staff members. Um, and and the, the best way, um, I think, for, for people to be accountable to themselves is to have people to be accountable to, is to have people to talk to and say, hey, um, I'm struggling with this sin. Uh, can you pray for me? Or, hey, um, can we talk about this? Or, you know, just general encouragement. Hey, Peter, how are you today? Just wanted you to know that I'm praying for you. Um, the, the the friendship that Christians have for one another is something truly special. It's one of the great commandments that God gives us. Um, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength, and then love your neighbor as yourself. Um, the Bible tells us, Jesus says that by this all men shall know you are my disciples, by the love ye have one for another. There's no replacement for the gift of good Christian friends, and it's something that um, is, is, is so important. And like you said, the inverse of that is true. There's nothing more destructive um, in, in our lives than a bad friend. And a bad friend will leave in a heartbeat. Um, a good Christian friend will, will stick by <clears throat> um, through thick and thin. And so it's something that we, we really need to focus on and um, push ourselves to have good Christian friends who will influence us to do right, who will push us to be good evangelists, push us to be good witnesses for, for God's kingdom. Um, people who who will pray with us, people who will pray for us, and 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 people that we can encourage who will also encourage us, and people we know will you know as the Bible says, iron sharpeneth iron. People we know who will call us out when we've done wrong and call us out when we've um, committed um, sin against God, and people who will guide us and direct us by God's word. Because the the, the truth is that we're not strong enough to always um, allow God to influence our life but when we have those people influencing us um telling us hey you need to be more christ-like hey you need to to listen to god hey you need to do what the scripture says here then it becomes so much more um easy for us to follow god because the people we look up to the people we respect and the people we surround ourselves with are all um working together to create better christians one with another to create a better community that loves and serves and worships god so that's in my opinion probably the best answer you could have given do you have anything else you want to add? Um, anything else you you see on the story of David and Goliath that you want to point out? I feel like we've touched upon everything, but just to further hark upon friendship part, we're not saying that this is necessarily easy or we should you should throw out your entire fan group. If they're not like detrimental towards you, 
you do the bible says like you do have to live in the world but you don't have to live of the world so in that being said it can be hard to have christian friends if you're going to like be so naked and expose to one another uh and basically talking about like the raw truth of like your life it's scary and we're not saying it's an easy thing by any means but the benefit you'll get from it is something you'll never be able to get anywhere else in the world so we we, we strongly encourage you to do it absolutely and now, Peter, I just want to clarify, you don't want us to, like, actually get physically naked in front of our Christian friends, right? You know what I might tend to. <laughs> and with that cheerful note, <laughs> we're going to go ahead and close today's episode off. I think I broke him. <laughs> Amen. Um, the link to join Monarch Ministries will be in the description of this episode. Um, we hope you you found this encouraging. We hope you we found this in, informative. Um, and like I said, the the link will be in the description. If you ever want to um, talk to us, you can email us. That will also be in the description. And uh, we hope you have a great day. God bless you. God bless you, and may you be clothed both physically as well as with the word of Christ. <laughs>